So last week, we examined Acts chapter 4 with a sermon titled, Gospel-Driven Community. And I mentioned then that I wanted us to start this year spending some time, a little bit more time, focusing in on the kind of community that God desires us to be, that God's Word calls us to be. And so we're going to spend at least a few weeks in a series that I'm titling Becoming the Church that God Calls Us to Be. And what we're going to do in this series is focus in on some of the one another commands. Uh, God's Word is clear. God's Word gives us instruction on how we are to interact with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we're going to spend a few weeks, a few weeks looking at those one another's. Uh, and hearing from God and then praying specifically that God would work that into our hearts and into our church. The very first thing that we will look at is love. Love is one of the things that God instructs us as how we are to uh, live towards one another. Now, in our language... We use that in so many ways towards so many things uh, and oftentimes in very flippant ways, but sometimes very meaningful ways. I love my wife. I love my children. I love watching birds for two years now. This week marks the two-year mark since I was in quarantine and going out of my mind uh, and I downloaded a birding app and started watching birds. And I now love it. Uh, absolutely love it. I love chili dogs. I shouldn't. I know for a fact I shouldn't, but I do. We use that word love in lots of different ways. And I think because of how we use it in our language, sometimes that distorts our understanding of what God's calling us to when God instructs us to love each other. And so that's where we're going to start today. We're going to look at a text from John chapter 13. If you have your Bibles, turn with me there to John chapter 13. We've just got a couple of verses around this. Our sermon is titled, Becoming a community of love. Becoming a community of love. John 13, verse 34 and 35. This is Jesus speaking. I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you were my disciples If you love one another, let's pray. Heavenly Father, work in our hearts and minds now. Help us understand what it is you're calling us to. But I do pray that uh, this sermon series will stretch us. And shape us through your word, by the power of your spirit, into the people that you're desiring us to be. And so work now, Holy Spirit, to help us understand and to help us pursue the things that you're calling us to in today's text. 
It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So as we are considering what it means to be, to be becoming a community of love, I want us to see three things that I think will be helpful from these two verses. The first is this. Jesus commanded us to love one another. Jesus commanded us to love one another. Two verses here. And three different times we hear the words from Jesus saying, love one another. Jesus commanded us to love one another. Let's look at the beginning of verse 34. I give you a new command. Love one another. I give you a new command. Love one another. Disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus Christ, the ones he was speaking to on the night before he was crucified. And to today, disciples of Jesus Christ are commanded to love one another. Now, because of how we think of love and the way we use that in our language today... In our culture, sometimes we can struggle with this in a couple of ways. One of those, I think, is we think of it in terms of our affections and our feelings, and that, that can, can cause a struggle for us in a couple of ways. First, we think of the church, we think of people in the church, and we think of good feelings that we have, and therefore determine, well, I love them. Therefore, I've met the command that God has given because I have these feelings about the people in my church. I love being with them. I love being around them. And so since the feelings are there, therefore, I've completed what it is that God has called me to. And the opposite also can happen. Is when we don't feel the affections when we don't feel the feelings towards the people in our church, we think, I don't know how I could love them. How could I love someone who sinned against me this way? How could I love someone who has made me feel this way? And in both of those cases, we're tying Love and the command that God has given us to our affections. But God's word here goes beyond affections. We may have the feelings or we may not towards our brothers and sisters in Christ. But regardless of the feelings, whether they're present or not, Jesus is calling us to so much more. Than feelings. I don't know if there are any 1990s DC Talk fans present today. They had a song, Love is a Verb. And my youth group loved it. (laughs) We played it all the time. Love is a Verb. See, we think of it in terms of often, we think of love as how we feel about someone or something. 
But what they were capturing in that song and what we need to understand is love is not. Yes, we can use it as far as affections go, but love is not just affections and the kind of love that we are commanded towards one another is an action. We're not commanded to have the feelings. Yes, through the power of the Spirit, those can be produced. But the command to love is the command to act, to be a demonstration of love towards one another. Those loving actions can happen, and according to Jesus, should happen regardless of how we feel. So Jesus tells the disciples here, I give you a new command that you love one another. But if you remember Old Testament law, Old Testament instruction to the people of God, we know that love is not anything new. Leviticus 19.8 says that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. So loving others isn't something new. There's going to be something about this command that we're going to look at in just a little bit that helps us understand why Jesus is saying this is new. But what I want us to see for this is that this is a command. Jesus Christ commanded his followers, and that applies to us today. He commanded us to love one another. It's not optional. Sometimes it's hard. But it's not optional. As a person who has been saved by Jesus Christ... We are commanded by our Savior that we are to love one another. In John, in the very next chapter, 14, verse 15, Jesus says these words, If you love me, you will keep my commands. If you love me, you will keep my commands. We must obey him. If we want to love Christ... Jesus says, you will do what I've told you to do. You'll keep my commands. Well, here is a command from our Savior that we are to keep. We are to love one another. As a people who has been saved by Jesus, we should follow this command. Love with action towards our brothers and sisters in Christ. So church, first thing I want us to think about from this text is we need to rethink our understanding of love when it comes to this command and how we live it out. Let's move beyond feelings and into action towards one another. Active love towards our brothers and sisters in Christ. Demonstrations of love to them, regardless of how we feel. And so to help us in this process, we're going to need God, right? And fortunately, God works this into us. His Spirit is producing this in us. And so what I would challenge each of us, and what I'm committing to do this week, is reading 1 Corinthians 13. And I would challenge you to join me in that. At least once, but it wouldn't hurt for us to read it daily. So this can, 1 Corinthians 13 is the chapter on love. And so that can help us see 
the kind of biblical love that God is calling us to. And then as you read that, it's a short chapter, 13 verses. It'll take a minute, minute and a half. As you read that, would you pray asking God, God, help me grow in this area. Help me love this kind of way. Help me love Dogwood Church and the people of Dogwood Church. Help me love the global church with this kind of love. Would you join me in that? Now, as far as the love and what that looks like, we don't have to wonder. We don't have to try to guess at what that exactly should be when we're commanded to love one another because the verse goes on to say what we're commanded to do. So the second thing we're going to look at from this text is this. Jesus is the perfect example for our love for one another. Jesus is the perfect example for our love for one another. So as we're thinking, yeah, but how am I supposed to love them if it's not just feelings? How am I supposed to love them? Jesus goes on to say, so verse 34 again, I give you a new command, love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. Just as I have loved you. So the the kind of love, the love that we are commanded to have towards our brothers and sisters in Christ is a self-sacrificial love. It's a pouring out of ourselves for the benefit of others. That's how our Savior loved us. Self-sacrificially. He gave up everything for our good. He gave up everything to demonstrate his love for us. Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, than that he lays down his life for his friends. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us. Laid down his life. He was the perfect demonstration of love. Because, of course, God is love. Love par excellence, right? The best example, because that is who he is in his nature. And Jesus is saying, that's how I want you to love your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's how you are to love one another. In 1 John 3 and verse 16 This is how we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. We can know love because Jesus laid down his life for us. And in John 13, he's saying, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. I want you to love by laying down your life for others, sacrificing yourself, your comforts, your feelings, sacrificing it all for the benefit of the body. Love one another. I love the way Charles Spurgeon spoke about this as he preached on this text from 
John 13, and he connected it to the love of a mother, the, the pouring out, the sacrificial love of a mother for her child. He says you cannot do good to another person without ending, growing up in your heart some degree of interest in the person to whom you've done that good. It is possible that a child may forget its mother, forget that it drew its life and its nourishment from her and all the comforts of its infancy from its mother. But the mother does not forget that she reared it in its weakness and brought it up to strength. If you want to love a person, do some loving thing for that person And love will spring up in your soul to that person. Our Lord Jesus Christ loved his disciples unselfishly. Let us do the same. Jesus loved his disciples unselfishly. Let us do the same. So church, let's remember the sacrificial love of Jesus. And let's always thank him for that. And because we have been commanded, let's pursue that same kind of love, a pouring out self-sacrificial love for our brothers and sisters in Christ, for their benefit, just like Christ did for us. He did not love us because we were going to be able to give him something in return. He loved us perfectly and completely in a self-sacrificial way. So, let's do that. Let's think this week, how can I demonstrate love to people here at the church and act on that as a way to love them? The third thing that we'll see from this text is this. Jesus gets the glory when we love one another. Jesus gets the glory when we love one another. Now, there are other things that happen when we love as Christ loved, right? The the individual that we love is cared for and encouraged and strengthened, and that's a wonderful thing. And as Spurgeon talked about, as we love that way, there's actual the affections start to grow in us but that's not the primary goal of the command when jesus tells us to love he's not saying i want you to do this because this is going to happen to you or i want you to do this because this is going to happen to them he has an evangelistic purpose in how we love one another verse 35 by this Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you will love one another. The impact, when Jesus says, love like I loved, the impact that that has when the followers of Jesus actually live that out is Jesus gets the glory. It's a demonstration to others Even the lost, those people are followers of Jesus. Look at how they love each other. Look at how those people who are so different, look at how they treat one another, how they love one another. 
That must be because of Jesus. So it's important that we don't think the impact of us loving one another is we get something from this. The Lord will produce things in us, but we're not living out this command for the purpose of maybe I will be blessed because I'm doing this. Or maybe God truly will accept me because I'm loving like he's commanded me to do. The purpose is so that others get to see Jesus. Others get to hear about our Savior, see self-sacrificial love on display. And we can point them to the Savior and say it's because of him When a group of people pour out self-sacrificial love for one another, it captures attention. And so if we are doing that, we can let the world know, this is because of what Jesus did for me. Because of what He did, this is how we live. Now, that does mean we must interact with each other more than on Sundays. The, the Western church especially, we live a very compartmentalized life when it comes to our faith. So what we do on Sundays, we might do it on Wednesdays, but then we go back to our lives and then we'll come back together again in a week or in a half a week. But if we're going to love this kind of way with an evangelistic purpose to be a constant demonstration of Jesus, we're going to have to interact with one another more than just on Sundays. We're going to need to be a part of each other's lives on a regular basis and actively finding ways to care for and to love one another in self-sacrificial ways. So would you commit to that as we're starting a new year and thinking about, God, I want you to shape us into the people you want us to be for your glory. Would you commit to that? Saying, we're going to, I'm going to be committed to being a part of these people's lives and constantly finding ways to show them love and to put on display the kind of love that Jesus had for me. Let's commit to that in 2024 because it really can point people to Jesus who has loved us perfectly. God will use our love for one another to point people to the Savior. So let's pursue that. So the purpose of this series, church, is... To ask God to stretch us, every one of us, me and you, ask God to stretch us, ask God to form us, shape us by his word, through his spirit, into the people that he has called us to be. And today's text has reminded us that that includes love for one another. Now, God is love. I mentioned that earlier. God has proven his love for us by sending Jesus for us. And so first and foremost, if you have never experienced the love of God, we want to be able to share with you how you can. And so if you would see me after the service, see one of our ministry leaders or elders, we'd love to talk to you about the love of God. And by receiving the love of God, 
that is how we can start to love as he has called us to. Now for us, church, let's let this text grab onto our hearts. And let's let God's Holy Spirit work. I want to honor God with how I love. How I love you and how I love other brothers and sisters in Christ. And I know you do as well. And so let's remember these things from, these, from this text. That one, Jesus has commanded us to love one another. Two, Jesus is the perfect example of what that looks like. And three, Jesus will get the glory when we do love one another. So for his glory and the power of the Holy Spirit, let's love one another as Christ has loved us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for your love for us. Continue to produce in us the love that you're calling us to. And use that for your glory, God. Use that to point people to Jesus. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.